five, four, three, two, one. Hello, my name is Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Do you know I couldn't sleep last night because that kept going through my brain and I have only seen the first 30 minutes, but I'd like close my eyes and I'd be like, founding father, without a father, got a love father, by being a love, like love. Welcome back to another brand spanking new episode of the Fierce Females of History podcast. I am one of your three fabulous hosts, Erin. I'm Lucy. Please keep all hands and feet within the podcast at all times. I'm Talissa. <laughs> I don't like fabulous and I don't like what we're on a ride because I black out in free fall and it won't end well for me. So, Talissa. Who have you got for us this week? I have chosen someone who I wasn't going to do initially because I was worried that they were too well known. Haha, ha, guess what? You've got no idea how cool she is. And there's so much to her story that we actually don't know. Who is it? It's Harriet Tubman. Ooh, yeah. ooh, good shout, good shout. Cool. So Harriet Tubman was born on a plantation in Dorchester County, Maryland, around 1820-ish. The exact date's not known because she was born into slavery. So they didn't keep a really close record of the births on the plantations. Um, Her parents called her Araminta Ross. So they nicknamed her Minty for short. So it wasn't until later in life that she actually became known as Harriet. So for the first part of this story, I'm going to call her Minty just so we don't get confused because there's another person called Harriet which is her mum, who she takes her name after later. Okay. So Minty, Harriet Tubman, was born to a woman named Harriet and a man named Benjamin. And they were both slaves owned by two different people. Weird saying people were owned, but that's what was happening at the time. Yeah. So Harriet, or Rit, that's what they called her mum, was a cook at the plantation (laughs) and Benjamin. That is a spunky nickname. I know, Rit's Sorry. great, right? <laughs> Rit, short for Harriet, I've never heard before. I love it. I'm saving it. <laughs> Harriet's a good name for like a fish as well. But anyways, that's another story for another day. A fish? fish. Yeah, a I fish. always love when pets have middle-aged people names. Harriet, Susan, Karen, Steve, Michael. It is great. Imagine a goldfish named Michael. It's genius. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, they're owned by two different people. So, Minty had nine brothers and sisters in total, but... Like many families at the time, slavery tore them apart. But Harriet, their mum, Rit, did everything in her power to stop that from happening. She tried to keep her family together no matter what. But when humans were owned by other humans, they had a lot of, all of their rights taken away. So three of her sisters were sold off early on to a faraway plantation, never to be seen again. And their mum tried really hard to stop it from happening, but she couldn't do much. And then a slave trader came from Georgia to try and buy her brother, her youngest brother, Moses. But her mum stood her ground and actually, by some bloody miracle, he stayed with the family, which is okay. crazy if you think about it. Mm. But, yeah, so she was a massive, Rit was a massive inspiration for Harriet. She saw how strong she was and she was a massive inspiration. And despite, obviously, horrible circumstances being a slave, she had this, like, grit and fight within her, which was really cool. At age five, Harriet or Minty was rented out by slave owners as a nursemaid, which is someone who looks after the babies of a rich family. Yeah. And a few sources at the time suggest that being a nursemaid for her left her with permanent emotional and physical scars. So there's this horrible story, which said that she was whipped every time the baby cried. Yeah. God. Which is just sickening. Horrific. Yeah. Yeah. And, So she was left with physical scars that she had until the day she died. 
Um, mm. And also emotional scars. She was really yeah. scarred from that time. Two years later at age seven, Harriet was rented. Oh God, I hate this. Was rented out to a planter to set muskrat traps. Um, and then she was working as a field hand as well. And I looked up muskrat and they're these little like fluffy animals. Okay. They kind of look like a beaver without a tail and also a mouse. Oh, muskrat. I feel like a muskrat is a very popular, and I don't want to insult anybody that went to college in America. It sounds like a popular mascot right. choice. Like all muskrats. <laughs> we'll get our American listeners. I'm trying to, to keep. In on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to keep this incredibly wrong. dark and depressing story. Yeah, there's not a lot of levity. But, you know, it needs to be told. I feel yeah. like I keep picking stories that are really just sad, but important. Fierce females. Exactly. So it's said that she preferred working outside and physical labor to indoor domestic chores, probably because she was looking after babies when she was a baby at age five inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And fuck that. Oh. Harriet was 12 when there was an incident which changed her life forever. So she was at the local dry goods store and there was an overseer, which I Googled and it was kind of like a supervisor yes. of slaves, spotted a slave that had left the plantation without permission. Now there's lots of different stories as to exactly what happened next. So some people suggest that um, the overseer asked Minty to help bring the slave back to the plantation and she refused there's reports that the overseer went to attack the young slave and Minty stepped in. And there's also another story, which is where that the overseer picks up a two pound weight and goes to hit the slave, but hits Minty instead. So Minty is hit with a two pound weight in her head and it breaks her skull. Um, Later on, she reflects on being carried out. She remembers fainting, coming in and out of consciousness and she was carried to the house but they didn't even have a bed to put her on. Oh my God. So they put her down on the seat of a loom, which is um, for use for weaving. And she laid there for two days. That's what she remembers happening. Um, while she recovered from the injury, she was left with severe headaches, narcolepsy and seizures, as well as hallucinations or vivid dreams. She was super religious. So she saw those hallucinations as messages from God. Mm-hmm. And if there are religious people listening, maybe it was, but she was left with narcolepsy or what they called at the time sleeping spells, which shapes the rest of her life. Okay. Because of her disability, she was unable to be sold to other slave owners because obviously having a slave falling in and out of sleep is not something they were looking for at the time when they were selling people. So instead she was put to work in the lumber yard or the timber yard with her dad. Weirdly enough, I feel like this happened for a reason in a really weird way because when she was in the lumber yard she became really physically strong like oh cool exceptionally strong bulked up yeah and while she was there she met some free sailors who were helping ship the timber and they told her about this thing called the underground railroad okay remember that that would be really important in about two minutes Mm -hmm. so in 1840 at age 45 her dad ben was set free from slavery because it was an agreement that was made between his owner and himself that at a certain point in time he would be released and be allowed to live as a free man now minty's family slave owner um harriet's slave owner made the same agreement but when they died and the widow took over the widow refused to acknowledge that that will was made. So while Minty's dad was set free, her mom and her family continued to be 
enslaved. What an evil woman. It's horrible. Mm-hmm. There's so many evil people in this story. It wasn't uncommon at the time too, because slave owners were starting to come to these agreements and letting people be free at a certain point. Mm-hmm. This whole story is so gross to talk about. So there was, there was a lot of families that were kind of split down the middle. Yeah. And yeah, it was a, it was a strange time in Maryland because people were being owned, but also because there was these discrepancies about who was allowed to do what. Four years later, in 1844, Harriet marries a guy called John Tubman. So Minty marries a guy called John Tubman. This is where she changes her name Mm -hmm. to Harriet. Yeah. So Araminta becomes Harriet and takes her husband John's last name. Now, he was a free black man, and it wasn't common that uh, a free man and an enslaved woman would be be married, but they were. But um, like a lot of people in this story, John was a cunt. So we don't like John. (laughs) Okay. And I will beep that out if I have to, but I had to say it. (laughs) fair fair so the marriage wasn't good and her own husband threatened to sell her further south okay oh yes very accurate description of tubman that's a yeah is what i'd call him (laughs) that's accurate um he sucks he sucks in a number of different ways but that imagine anyway god yeah (sighs) not exactly the key to marital bliss. <laughs> no, that Was? is an understatement. At the same time as her own husband was trying to sell her to slave owners, uh, yeah, there was this talk that her brothers were going to be sold to slave traders as well. So they were going to be leaving the family. So this provoked Harriet to escape. Harriet went, fuck ya. And on September 17, 1849, Harriet and her brothers, Ben and Henry, escaped the Maryland plantation. Mm-hmm. There's a heap of different stories to what happened next. Can I just jump in? At this yeah. stage, has Harriet been freed? No. Or Okay. I was just confused because so her husband was going to was sell a woman who was already, already a slave enslaved. Yeah. to another slave master. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Also, if you think about it another way, he might have been working with the, her owner to make that happen. And it's also a massive threat because it means ripping her away from her home and her family. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's a really fucked up thing, like beyond fucked up thing to do yeah. or to threaten. Yeah. So anyway, so she escapes with her two brothers and there are some reports, like there's three different kind of main stories. So one is that they got lost and turned back. The others are that the brothers got just too frightened and they went back and who can blame them? Mm-hmm. Um, there was actually a $300 bounty put on their head. Wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah, at the time, oh, yeah, huge heaps. money. And another story was that they changed their mind and went back because it's terrifying. Like you have to literally escape from the southern part of America right up to the north. That's a massive journey. Yeah. yeah. How did they do it? I'm going to tell you in a minute. So one story is that Harriet then has a dream that she's a bird so these are part of these hallucination visions kind of thing that she can actually fly above the plantation and see the path she's meant to take. Okay. So while her brothers go back, Harriet decides I'm actually, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And she does. And she follows the North star and travels all the way North. Wow. Thanks to the underground railroad. Okay. Now a bit of a backstory. I'm an idiot because I thought the underground railroad was literally a, an railroad, actual railroad. a tunnel. Yeah. Hi, it's not. <laughs> you'd be forgiven for thinking that though i just feel so dumb i literally thought it was a set of like rail tunnels and i was like why didn't everyone do it not the case not the <laughs> no. case so that's okay i apologize i was not taught anything about american history well, we're australian yeah but we're not really taught much australian history though that's either. so true <laughs> <I'm just white. laughs> true australian history <laughs> okay so 
Underground Railroad, for those who don't know, if you're a dummy like me, don't worry. We can educate ourselves and be better. It is a series of networks, people helping. So it's freed black people helping. It's the abolitionist Christians who are helping and ally white people that are helping and basically take you from spot to spot, sheltering you and protecting you to get you from your owners in the South to the free North where there wasn't slavery happening. It's epic. It was hectic and they were doing something illegal too so these people were putting themselves at risk because they knew that slavery was wrong and they needed to help yeah so these networks were you know sometimes hiding them in carriages to get them somewhere it was taking them by boat sometimes it was literally just sheltering them in place if they knew people were coming it was a really really crazy network and it had been happening since the start of the 18th century so she wasn't the first person to use it but you know she was a big yeah part of it okay further on so she gets to the north she travels our girl has her travels solo <laughs> for 90 miles or 144 k's from where she is in dorchester maryland to pennsylvania for her own freedom could you imagine i had a look from wollongong to sydney is not far enough from sydney to newcastle is about what it would be yeah of how yeah. far she walked by herself and traveled by wow. herself through these treacherous networks. With narcolepsy. With narcolepsy, yep. With severe extreme headaches and seizures. God. Um, with the risk of being captured, with bounties being put on her head. Like, there's so many things she had yep. to fight. But she gets up there. And there's a quote of hers that I want to read from the moment she arrives in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. She says, When I found I had crossed that line, I looked at my hands to see if I was the same person. There was such a glory over everything. The sun came like gold through the trees and over the fields and I felt like I was in heaven. Hmm. Oh, that's that's what she, nice. she gets there. When she gets to Philadelphia, she finds work as a housekeeper, but she wasn't satisfied living free on her own. She wanted to free her loved ones as well. Mm-hmm. So despite the risk of recapture, Harriet makes that same journey back <laughs> to the plantation. And Our she, favorite kind of fierce female, one that picks up the others behind. Oh, and she does so much of that. So she goes and gets her brothers wow. first. Then she goes back again and she gets her sisters and her nieces because there were rumors that they were about to be sold as well. Okay. Then she goes back and she gets her elderly parents oh. and takes them all the way to Philadelphia to freedom. Wow. So I know this is a stupid question, but just yeah. to ask, so she used that same, obviously that same underground railroad network yeah there and back yeah i mean things would probably change but they were the, the allies were working together like they yeah. were they had this this secret network where yeah they were kind of in communication with each other and things might have to change but they were all just very clever like mm. the smuggle they're literally smuggling yeah. people to freedom yeah yeah but yeah so yep, she used exactly. the same networks it may have been slightly different paths but basically uses the same network over and over again to get back but the yeah. risk is still and I'm, just, every time. I'm just asking and bringing that up because of the risk factor and like the like you said earlier these people putting their own safety and lives at risk yeah to do that and it speaks volumes for that time and people in that time obviously. definitely and the thing mm. is the more she does it the bigger the bounty on her head gets so the fact that she's now gone back three times to rescue her family when she could, she could have just stayed in Philadelphia and had yeah. a free life in Philadelphia, but she doesn't. 
She becomes a smuggler queen. Yes. And so on her next journey back, she goes to pick up her husband, John. Why? But John doesn't want to leave because he's fine where he is. And guess what? Of course, he's also he is. married another woman, a free woman. And he ignored the fact that Harriet was a fucking hero and just goes and marries someone else and he doesn't want to leave. And she's like, I came all this way for you, but I persist. You're not going to stop me. Instead, I will bring some more slaves to freedom. So yeah. she grabs a handful of people probably in a lot more complex and like sensitive way, but she grabs them and she takes them North again and she gets another set of people free. And she does this time and time and time again. Her Fitbit um, ranking <laughs> must be really <laughs> <laughs> <That is> well. <laughs> Very true. Love the charts. So in total, she does 19 different trips oh and frees at least 70 people. <gasps> There was speculation wow. that she could have freed up to 300, but she denied that. She wow. That. But like when you, when you take into account that all of these people that say if they'd stayed there and had babies, yeah. that's all of those potential people that she saved from slavery yeah. as well. I know. And so that was over 10 years that she worked with other abolitionists to get them to freedom through mm-hmm. that network. Amazing. Um, that is amazing. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of different ways, like a couple of different things about that trip that I think are important. One is that she traveled with a gun a loaded gun, which was said to be not only for her protection and the group's protection, but because we can't put ourselves in these people's shoes because there is nothing that compares to what they've experienced. But when the slaves are being freed on the journey, when these people were on the journey to freedom, some of them would get frightened and want to turn back and understandably because the risk was so great and she would use the gun to keep them on track and not let them turn back and keep them safe. Wow. Another thing was that she was really good at herbal medicine. And so she would, drug isn't probably the right word, but it's what's used. She would sedate, sedate possibly the, the right word, babies and small children, because okay. if they made a noise, yeah. the whole group so is at risk. can you mm-hmm. paint me a picture of how the network operated? Like where they're, particular venues that they would stay families that they stayed with like why was the risk of them being heard so how did they move have you guys seen towns? have you guys yeah. seen the handmaid's tale not all yeah. of it don't spoil it yeah i won't say anymore but lucy i would imagine something like that yeah there's a lot of walking there's a lot of crossings like river crossings and they were taken from house to house okay. but they had to do a lot of the journey just solo just walking mm-hmm. and a lot of it was literally them going that's north star head that way Wow. Yeah. Um, each time she I imagine a lot of, a lot of, I imagine there would have been parts of the journey that, you know, they wouldn't have known where they are or where they were going or whatever to yeah. keep it, you know, like every it's a, it's a two way trust here. Like the, the people trying to flee and the people housing those trying to flee, that is a two way trust. Yeah. Yeah. I think and someone, that- it would take one person to come in the middle of that network and just totally ruin it. Totally. And well, the yeah, thing is one they- person to cut and run. Hence yeah. the gun. Exactly. exactly and the thing is that they moved at night they moved in the dark they had to walk through other plantations like they could have been spotted oh at any time like this is the thing we think wow. oh they're just walking through the what, not bushland because we're in australia that's what we call it but the forest or whatever but they're walking through other areas like where other slaves are being owned like it's not as cut and dry as like oh we'll run into this person's house run into the next one like their journey was 144 kilometers mm. that is a long ass walk hell yeah what's that in miles 90 miles. Oh, 90 miles. Yeah. A really long way. So it earned her the nickname of Black Moses. Ooh. 
even though Moses comes from like Middle Eastern area, so he's probably, probably pretty brown. Black. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll just pretend check. that everyone in, in Christianity is white. It's fine. Um, anyway, so <laughs> she claimed that she never ran her train off the track and she never lost a passenger. So despite doing it 19 different times, she never once had someone lost. In 1861, the Civil War broke out in America and Harriet found new ways to fight slavery. Mm. So through her work in the Underground Railroad, she learnt the different towns and modes of transportation and the routes to kind of get to from the south to the north. And that information was super important to the Union military, who were obviously the abolitionists. Mm-hmm. And their commanders were like, that, that woman has it. We need to speak with her. And they really utilised her to help them plan things, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, so they recruited her into the Union military. Awesome. Yeah. So Civil War is the abolitionists in the North against the Confederate in the South. Losers. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like a Disney movie because the good people win and that never happens. So that's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So she was working with the union military Mm -hmm. and they recruited her, like I said, to help them. So she was used to assist, assist fugitive enslaved people at the Fort of Monroe. And she worked as a nurse, a cook and a laundress there. Harriet also had an amazing knowledge of herbal medicines and she was used to treat sick soldiers and fugitives as enslaved people and keep them safe from infection and make sure that they, their health was okay if they were sick. Yeah. In 1863, Harriet became head of espionage and scout oh, network hell yeah. for the Union Army. So what Harriet would do, because saving people along the railroad was not enough for her. Mm-hmm. She's like, what's of next? Course. I'm going to be a bloody spy. That's what I'm going to be. Yep, 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 so she yep. would transform herself into this old woman kind of get up. Okay. And she would literally walk into Confederate areas <laughs> and just like ask people questions. I, I love that. But she asks. She just doorsteps them. Yeah. But she doesn't ask the <laughs> soldiers. No, no. She's not an idiot. She asks the people working for the soldiers, the enslaved people, because they will tell her whatever she wants to hear. Yep. Because they don't want to be slaves. They want to get the fuck out of there. So, of course, they're going to help yes. the military. Yeah. So, she finds out things like where the supply lines are going to go, where their troops were going to be placed yep. by creating this network of spies in the black population of the areas where the Confederate soldiers were. She would gather information. And while she was there, she wasn't just using these people, even though it was for the greater good. She would also help them find food, shelter, and even jobs in the North. So they had something to go to. Yeah. So the queen of the North. Exactly. She mm-hmm. also provided crucial intelligence to union commanders about those supply routes and helped liberate black people from those areas. So it said that her intelligence helped free hundreds of people. Yeah. She wow. also became the first woman to lead an armed exp- expedition. I can never say the word. Armed, <laughs> armed expedition in the war. She guided them to this particular river raid, which liberated more than 700 fucking slaves in She's South awesome. Carolina. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. I love the... And one more, yes, queen. <laughs> the rate of growth. Like, she's gone from saving herself to saving her nieces and her sisters. Her immediate family. Yeah. To saving, you know, another 70 people, potentially 300. Then she saves several oh, hundred. Yeah. And then she saves 700 which is kind of amazing. It's a cool trajectory. 
really is. Yeah. <laughs> <It's not> <laughs> so the war ends. Spoiler alert. Slavery is abolished. Uh, the good guys win. And laws are changed to give citizenship to black people. Black men get the right to vote. Uh, and lol, not women, because history. I mean, that was the end of racism of in America. <laughs> no. Oh, yes. All over. and racism. Shut the door on that particular <laughs> chapter. All done. All uh, said and done. All over, right. Red Rover. Yeah. And you know what? Women don't need rights. No. We're just the men. It's fine. But she didn't think that, thank fuck, because I keep swearing this episode because I'm really G'd up. So I'm going to jump back a couple of years just to give you some background. So in 1859, <laughs> abolitionists, uh, Senator William H. Stewart, sold Tubman a small piece of land on the outskirts of Auburn, New York. And mm-hmm. the land is where Tubman's family and friends were able to live during the war and when the war was over. Okay. So Harriet had an open door policy for anyone in need. Um, I imagine she'd be like that mum. You know, like there's like one mum from primary school that always had like snacks and like had all the kids over her house. Mammy noodles. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. We never had snacks. I mean, we had food. but I had plenty of snacks. I just had no friends. Mum had a big thing against excess packaging. <laughs> so, you know, like like the snack cheese and crackers and the I mammy noodles those. and little roll-ups and that sort of thing. It was never that. It was like a big box of Aldi biscuits and fruit. You know what? She Which doesn't sound time. that bad. Like that, <laughs> like realistically, it's fine. Anyway, so she had an open door policy back to Harriet and she would basically open it up for anyone in need. And despite her fame and reputation and military service, she was never financially secure. Oh. She wasn't paid for it. Oh, okay. That doesn't help. Other people were paid for it, but not Harriet. Of yeah. course. Okay. She supported her philanthro- philanthropic philanthropy Philanthropic philanthropy. She supported her philanthropy by <laughs> selling, selling homegrown produce, raising pigs, and accepting donations and loans from friends. And in 1869, uh, Sarah H. Bradford wrote a biography entitled Scenes in the Life of Harriet Tubman, which she helped write, Harriet Tubman helped write, um, and all the proceeds went to her and her family and her efforts. Okay. Her philanthropic, philanthropic efforts. Well, yeah. <laughs> Also in 1869, big year for Harriet, she married a former enslaved man and Civil War veteran Nelson Davis and they adopted a little girl. Do we like Nelson? Yeah, we like Nelson. Okay. And they adopted a little girl called Gertie a few years later. Oh, cute. Thank you, sir. So Harriet spent her time raising money for former slaves. She opened schools for freed black men in South Carolina who couldn't read. Do you know what? Throughout this whole thing, haven't said this yet, Harriet actually was illiterate. What? Yeah. So I mean, she, not that I'm surprised that she wasn't, that she was illiterate, but. But she could do all of this while not yeah. being able to read. She's incredible. Well, not even yeah. a sign. But anyway, she didn't know how to read. She never learned, but she knew how important it was to forward the community and yeah. give people more opportunities. So she started raising money and opening schools specifically for black freed men in South Carolina. But she also helped raise funds for a hospital there as well mm-hmm. for black people and freed slaves. Yeah. In 1888, she became more active. She hasn't done enough. She became more active for the women's right to vote. And in 1896, she appeared at a convention for the National Association of Coloured Women in DC. She toured parts of the Northeast speaking on the behalf of the women's suffrage movement. And she worked with notable suffrage leader Susan B. Anthony as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She helped operate the Underground Railroad. Civil War. Now she is a part of the suffragette movement. That's a whole lot of philanthropy. It is. 
1896, Harriet purchased land uh, adjacent to her home where she opens the Harriet Tubman Home for the Aged. And her friends and supporters in this time continue to push the government to allow Harriet to collect a veteran's bloody pension. Yes. Because she did a lot of work. Yeah, she saved like... Hundreds. Well, it sounds like close like to a thousand. thousand. Yeah. People. Yeah. Is not granted a pension until 1899, where they grant her $20 a month. And if you keep in mind, back then, can we just say? Back I'm then, that wasn't yeah. too bad. Conversion rate, I'm not. But they put a bounty on her head for $300, and all they could pay her was $20 a month. Mm. Wow. Someone figured that out for me. Anyway. <laughs> I can't, Liz. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't have the conversions in my head. And fun twist of fate going forward. So she was meant to be on the $20 bill, um, but it's now been postponed. Trump wasn't stoked about it. So it's not happening. Oh, of course. What a gem of that guy. word again. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> you know what? She doesn't need it. She's done amazing stuff. So it doesn't really matter. So Tubman continued to give freely in spite of her economic woes. And in 1903, she donated another parcel of land, this time to the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church in Auburn. And I apologize if I've said that incorrectly. I've never had to say those words before. Now, the head injury she suffered in her youth started to really affect her health at this point. So she remember she was 12 years old when she was hit with that weight and she suffered from narcolepsy seizures hallucinations and severe headaches ever since not to mention intensely intensely severe emotional trauma oh 100 yeah. um mm-hmm. so her health at this point continued to deteriorate and she enjoyed a brain surgery actually what yeah to help relieve the symptoms i'm not quite sure what that entailed wow back in the 1900 times I'm picturing some advanced technology. Yeah, I don't know. But she survived <laughs> it, um, but her health continued to deteriorate. Yeah. And in 1911, she was moved into the home which she actually built, which okay. was amazing that she That's nice. built that. Yeah. yeah. But two years later in 1913, on March 10, Harriet Tubman died from pneumonia. Mm. She was 93 mm. years old. Oh, wow. Old. She did Whoa! well. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yes, and, queen. I know. Considering how many near-death experiences I know. she had. And she was buried with full military honours, so she should have been. Yeah. I read this cool little thing. It wasn't a quote or anything. It was just like in one of the articles I read about her. And it says, though just over five feet tall, she was a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And I like that. She was really small as well. Like me. Yeah. She was tiny. Powerhouse. You are a false friend. <laughs> not like that. You are, Talissa. On a Saturday Size night. does not matter. That's for sure. I mean, I have Sorry, just done I just this spoke very hungover. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Um, but, yeah, that's the end of that story. I think there's a lot of other things she did during the Civil War that I just didn't have time to touch on. She's incredible. There's a movie about her called Harriet and, oh, my God, guys, from Hamilton, Aaron Burr, mm. Leslie Odom Jr. Yes. Isn't it? Oh, and he looks. Fun. He's in the film Harriet. Yeah, but there's heaps of really, 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 really cool stuff about her online. So, this is just the, the brief summary. She's amazing. I think the coolest thing about her is I only knew her from the Underground Railroad. Then when I found out she was part of the Civil War, then when I found out she was part of the Suffragette movement, then I found out she built all these, well, funded, will help seek funding for all these big things like a school, a hospital to try and continue to further her community who have been through so much. She just didn't stop. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, and she did she all- had her with narcolepsy. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. Crazy. She had a finger in a lot of very important pies. That's for sure. That's very, she did very a lot good. Of philanthropy. She did do a lot of <laughs> philanthropy. <laughs> Thank you for another amazing episode, Talissa. Very, very powerful, very moving and inspiring story there. Uh, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Fierce Females Podcast or on Facebook, Fierce Females of History. You can email us. We have a Gmail. We're very official. Fierce Females of History at gmail.com. But if you're listening <laughs> to us right now, what you can do is take a screenshot share it on your story, tag us, because then we can see who you are and where you are and it's really, really cool. Or go buy some Invisible Ink, type us out a letter, send it to us. We um, probably won't be able to read it because it's Invisible <laughs> Ink. But <laughs> you know what they say? They say that the, the, the act is in the doing. 